Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I'm believing that tonight God's going to speak to us. What do you think? Is that too immature to think that? Is that too naive to think that? I think not at all, because otherwise, why would we be be gathering here? Seriously, like, I can't compete with entertainment that's available to you, stream anytime at home. This is not about entertainment, this is about hearing from God. I've titled this message tonight, it's called Follow the Call, and I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, says this, four fishermen called as disciples, that's the title, verse 18, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, why don't they just say Peter? Is that, is anyone else like, that's just confusing me already. So see two disciples, Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the t- sea, for they were, oh man, top of the class, because they were fishermen. That's good. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I love that verse, follow me and I will make you. You know, that has been kind of like a bit of a, foundational scripture for my life. You know, it sort of ties into the whole Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Sometimes we get so distracted in trying to make it that we forget to follow him and he will make us. Can I encourage you? Someone needs to hear that today. Stop trying to make it on your own. You actually don't need to. The message of Christ is that, hey, when we follow him, he makes us. We have this inner strength that comes up We have this clarity in these crazy situations because we're following after him. Verse 20, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them and immediately they left their boats and their father and followed him. I call this first moment here Peter's first call. Why don't you say Peter's first call? Jesus literally walking past and he says, follow me and I will make you. Why do you think that Peter left his nets, left his livelihood, left everything that he knew to follow Jesus? Why do we think that? Well, we think there's a few reasons, don't we? Maybe we can get some interactions. Actually, let's do that. What do you think? Put, throw a hand up. Come on. Why do we think? Is that a head scratch over there? Is that? Sorry. Come and rap. No, I'm just joking. You don't need to do that. Um, why, why would he follow Jesus? Come on, give some feedback here. Jesus was a rabbi. Great point, Pastor Byron. Thank you for preaching my sermon for me. Because he was a rabbi. He was a teacher. These guys, they, they were of great notoriety in society. It's not like today, like I'm a minister today, not really a rabbi status, but it's not looked upon favorably sometimes. They're like, oh, what do you do for a job, Caleb? I'm like, I work at a church. Oh, really? Oh, you get paid to do that? Kind of, yeah, yes. What do you do? Sit around and read your Bible all day? I wish. It's just funny, like, it's, it's not had the same pull that it did then. A rabbi, if a rabbi was to ask, this was his way out of a mediocre life. We assume that he was a fisherman because he was following after his father and his father before that. He was just doing the family business. He was just following in the footsteps of the generations before. Jesus walked past and offered him a better life. To Peter, this was like a step up in life. This was like, I'm going up in life. 
I'm on the up. I actually have a future. I don't have to be what the generations before anymore. For him, this was new. This was different. This was like, wow, I'm called. I'm chosen. Jesus offered him a better life. Rabbis, like I said, religious teachers were highly regarded in society. So you see, the life that Jesus called Peter to was better than the one he was currently living in that moment. This is the point of salvation for most of us. For me, personally, I can relate to this. I said yes to Jesus the first time because I wanted something better than I had in that moment. I did. I was a teenager struggling in grief and sort of in my own little world, and someone offered me an opportunity to receive Christ and have a better future. And I took it. I made the most of it. What about you? What did you see in Christianity or what did you see in God that encouraged you or inspired you to make that decision and to step in and follow Jesus? For me, it was a bit of this. It was an opportunity of a better life. It was someone that would walk through the pain and journey the life with me and that I could have a hope and a future and that I didn't have to stay where I was any longer, but with Christ, I could get through the other side. That was appealing to me. That was, my self, that was my salvation experience. What about yours? Maybe here, if you've never received Christ, at the end of this message, I'll give you an opportunity to know him like I do. The best decision you'll make. Then I want to talk about, so if this is Peter's first call, he was called to be a fisherman. Can I talk to you about tonight? This is sort of where my, most of my message comes from. It's what I call Peter's second call. When I say Peter's second call. I'll read from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. This is a very well-known scripture story in the Bible, but um, follow along with me. Please don't switch off because I'm really believing that this is going to encourage us tonight. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Everyone say, wow. Wow. Say it backwards. Say it upside down. Mom, thank you. Jesus walking on water to his disciples, verse 26 When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. This is where Peter's called. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Everyone say wow again. Say it backwards. Say it upside down. I don't know why I made you do that. (laughs) Do we understand the bigness of the story? I don't just believe this is a story that we teach our kids at Sunday school, but I believe Jesus walked on water, and I'm fully convinced that Peter walked on water. Like, have you ever tried that? Just head over to Tipplers for dinner, guys. South Stratty, just walk across. It's not too far. Give it a go. No, don't really. Do we have insurance for that, Pastor Steve? If I tell someone to do that and they drown, I'm not sure. Talk to Pastor Steve after if you want to try that one. But I believe this actually happened. 
that Peter walked on water and the audacity of him to say, hey, Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come and I'll walk on water towards you. Then Peter got down out of the boat, I said this, and walked on water. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This is what I believe Peter's second call is. He says, hey, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll come. Jesus said, come. Jesus said, come. You see, the first call was to a better life. Like I said before, this is the point of salvation. But the second call was to step out of comfortability. The second call was to step out of complacency. It was to step out of (laughs) the dryness of the boat, the safety of the boat. You see, I've noticed in Christianity that it's easy to say the first yes. It's a lot harder to say the second one. The first one was an opportunity for a better life. The second one took me putting faith in action and risking it all to follow Jesus. I see so many of us, myself included, where I feel like, yes, I've said yes to God, I'm in the boat. That's awesome. Let's just chill out till we get to the other side and whatever that looks like, I know it's going to be good. I get to see my loved ones that I miss and that'll be awesome. But can I encourage us? Our Christianity is so much more than a waiting to get to the other side. There is so much more available than that. My first point is, are we too comfortable? I think we are. I think we're too familiar and I think we're too complacent. There's a crazy warning for this in Revelation chapter 3, isn't there? To the church of Laodicea. It's like, if you're lukewarm, I will literally spit you out of my mouth or vomit you out of my mouth. Sorry for the picture there, someone said. It's like that youth game. Probably happened here on Friday night. What if Jesus was to call us out? What if he was to call us out of our comfort, out of our comfort? out of our complacency? What if Jesus was to call us out of our popular opinion, out of the group that we find comfort in? What if he was to call us out and, and be something so crazy like ask us to share our faith or to pray for a friend? What would we do if he called us out into unpredicted or rough seas? You see, I'm not content anymore by being in the boat. I'm not content in waiting to get to the other side. I'm not content, simply what I've seen and what I've known of God until this point. Are you? The thing I found out about God is that the more I get to know Him, the more I realize how much more there is to experience of Him. It's like, God, I think I've got you figured out. God, speak to me, show me who you are. I draw close to you and I step out in faith and then I see a new facet of who He is. I think the different circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in, we see different glimpses of God in the midst of that. When was the last time you took a faith step? You see, taking faith steps is not just a young person's thing. Can I get an amen? Although it's easier. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to get the youth passionate. Seriously, I feel old on Sunday nights these days. Anyone else? 
I don't know which way to jump, left, right, praise, front, back. I'm not sure, man. I can't do the rap. But I remember what it was like to be in youth ministry. And it almost felt natural to take faith steps. But the older I get, the more it feels unnatural to take faith steps. I remember moments that youth conferences emptied my bank account. There wasn't much in there. Easy to do. Would you do it now? I remember when I first became a Christian, it was easy to tithe when I was a first year apprentice earning $6.49 an hour. Is it still easy now or does it take more faith than it did then? I remember always wanting to do something big for God and all these things. And I know looking back, there's an element that was immaturity. I understand that. But there was an element that I miss. The one where I was willing to jump out of the boat for Jesus. That despite whether it was a storm, despite whether it was safe, despite whether it was the wise thing to do, I'm encouraged by, as I read this story, that I want to be a Peter. I'm the one that says, yeah, God, I'll come. Hey, if that's you, God, if you're calling me out, I'll come. You see, where we get to a point where taking a step of faith is a young person's thing to do. I once had massive faith. I once believed that God wanted to use us to change our world. What if he still does? What if he'd never changed, but we did? What if we just got comfortable in the boat with our little friends and we were sidetracked by arguing about random issues, filling our time debating insignificant things? If God is good, like really good, which side note I have found him to be, then the best thing that we could do with our lives is want to be where he is. And time and time again, when I read about God in the Bible, when I get to know more about Jesus, he's where the messy situations are. He seems to find himself in the storm, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of sin, <laughs> around sinners. You know, like, remember the Pharisees like, Jesus, why are you hanging out with notorious sinners? It's like sick people need a doctor. Can I encourage us? Let's not get stuck in the boat. Peter walked on water. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we get to be a part of the miracle that he's doing. We can see the breakthrough, and I want to see it. Do you? So if number one, are we too comfortable? Number two, are we distracted? So Peter jumps out of the boat. I don't don't think this is a small tinny. Like This is not like the tinny that I've owned a third of once before. If you ever want to own a boat, buy in with someone, because you'll never use the thing anyway. And every bill is divided by three, and it's a lot better. Jared, Jamie, and I, we brought a boat together, and I think I went on it twice in about three years. Brilliant. That was good. And then COVID hit, and then we got more than we paid for it, which is awesome. Good COVID tax on the best boat investment ever. But this is a big boat. This isn't a little fishing tinny. He says, um, and he jumps out of the boat and he walks on water. This is awesome. But then he starts to look around and take his eyes off Jesus and realize that the waves and the wind are coming. Who here is good at texting and driving? Emmanuel's scratching his head over there. No one, because it's illegal, obviously. I know, it's like, it's wrong crowd here, wrong crowd. I've tried and I'm terrible at it. I literally can't do it. 
I'm good at doing one thing at a time and that's it. Can I get an amen to anyone that's like that? I can't even look at a house or a car or something on the side of the road because I'll probably drive straight into it. Like, unless, like, Kim's constantly, look at the road, look at the road, Caleb, look at the road, because if I look at anything, I'll just drive that way. Like, I'll just, like, I, I, I just suck at it. I just can't seem to hold the steering wheel straight and look somewhere else. Is anyone else like that? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know whether I think I'm riding a motorbike or what I'm doing. I'm leaning everywhere I look. I'm not sure what's going on, but I can't drive and text at the same time. You know what? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Have we got distracted? We're so concerned by what's going on around us, what's going on over here, what this person's doing, what this is happening in our world, what's going on here, that we take our eyes off where we're going. I'm guilty of this myself. I'm preaching to me. There are so many times in life where I realize I get so anxious and stressed about things and I realize, wait a minute, I'm focusing on the wind and the waves and I've taken my eyes off Jesus. Hey, I'm, t- I'm focusing on the media and the popular opinion of the day and I've taken my eyes off Christ. Can I encourage us, church? Stop being distracted. Let's stop texting and driving in our faith sense. We can't have it both. We're either walking towards Jesus or we're overcome by the wind and the waves around us. It's time to put our blinkers on and time to say, no, 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 I don't care what's going on. I'm fixed on Christ. There's been a theme coming through the messages lately at our church from Pastor Byron and Ann, and it's been this discipleship. It's been that we're following after Christ, and this is a good thing to do. Can I encourage us? Let's stop getting distracted. Too many people have sunk their faith in this season. Would you agree with me? Why? Because we've started looking around at the waves and the wind and the turmoil that our world is in that we've sunk our faith. And I'm not just talking about going to a different church. I'm mature enough to realize that God's house has many rooms and this is one of them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that have lost their faith and their relationship with God because of the waves and the wind in this season. Can I encourage you? Don't be one of them. Put your eyes back on Him. Why did you say yes the first time? Because you wanted a better life than the one that you had and Christ was the answer then. Can I encourage you now? He's still the answer now. Let's get our faith back on track and say, hey God, you know what? Call me and I'll come. God, if that's you, call me and I'll step out of the boat. When he starts to sink, Peter says, save me. Sometimes I need to be saved again. Have you experienced that? I don't think the salvation was just a one-time prayer thing. I understand, yes. We can have a debate later. You can tell me how wrong I am. That's cool. I'll take it. I'll act real tough and then I'll go home and cry to my wife. <laughs> now, but I think it's a daily decision. Like, hey, I say yes, Jesus once. But you know what? Today in this situation... I say yes again, God. Hey, in this situation, what do I want? Pastor Byron said it really well this morning. It's like that little devil or the angel on your shoulder. You know, I say yes to Christ afresh every day. Sometimes we need to be saved again. He is our great reward. Sorry, I said that a bit funny. I don't know what I was doing there. He is our great reward. Is Christ our great reward? Because when I read the Gospels, I'm overcome by the parables of the pearl of great price. 
Is Christ still our pearl of great price where we would go and sell every other one that we were collecting to get this? Is he our treasure hidden in a field that we would go and sell all that we have to get him? I know when I was a teenager I would, but what about now? I need to get saved again sometimes. There's moments in my life where I've had to say, God, save me now. God, don't let my faith sink because of the situation. God, I need you to pull me out of this. God, are you there? Matthew twenty-two fourteen. for many are called, but few are chosen. Why is that? I think it's because we're not willing to pay the price. We get comfortable or, or we get distracted and, you know, we're all called, but few are chosen because I don't believe we're willing to pay the price or to continually say yes to God. Number two, are we distracted? Number three, are we sinking? Peter started to stink when he... Stink. He did start to stink when he's stinking thinking. You like how I recovered that one? Peter started to sink when he started to focus on the external. Church, there's no shortage of distractions. Now more than ever. I'm not talking about that. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore we also... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do we believe that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith? I do. I do. I believe that who who started this good work in me is able to complete it. Do you? 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing here. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Do you need to get saved again? I do. I do. Do you need to say yes to Christ again? I do. Daily. Like literally all the time. And I just wonder tonight, in this moment, if we could just ask God, hey God, what areas of my life have you been calling me to? Maybe to step out in faith or to do something and fear and distraction and circumstance has stopped me. Would it be okay if we just bowed our eyes for a moment? Bowed our eyes, sorry bowed our heads and closed their eyes. I always laugh at other people doing that, not me. But feel free to laugh at me, that's fine. This is not a salvation moment, we'll do that in a second. This is a, hey God, what are you calling me out of? Hey God, what areas have I been procrastinating? Have I been choosing comfort over faith? God, what areas are you calling me out of the boat into the unknown in? 
Holy Spirit, right now over every person in this place, God, I just ask that you would speak to them afresh. God, I pray for fresh dreams to be birthed. God, I pray for fresh callings to be given. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would remind of situations where it's like in our own in our own mind, we've been trying to make every excuse as to why this isn't you and how this couldn't be you speaking. God, right now I breathe life in the dreams afresh. And God, I pray that we would be a people that are willing to step out of the boat and make faith steps because I have noticed that you're not found in my comfort all the time, God, but you're found in the messy storms of life. God, give us the words to say and the opportunity to say it in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you're here tonight, church, and maybe you've never said yes to God. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. This is the first yes I was talking about. I did this one day where I just said, yeah, God, I actually want what that preacher's talking about. I remember putting my hand up. I remember praying a prayer. And I remember for the first time in a long time, I had hope. If that's you, just give me a wave. I'd love to include you in this prayer as we close the service. Are you here tonight? Fantastic. God, I just pray that something that I spoke about ministered to your church tonight. And God, I just pray, Lord, that this challenge would go beyond here and now. And God, that we would be marked by people that would follow your call. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you come, Pastor Ann? Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.